in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And just like that, the Watching Comics podcast is back. My name is Mitch, my co-host is Jake, and we are here bringing you the go-to opinions and takes and thoughts and whatnots on the intersection of comic books and your screen, both big and small. Jake, um, we've batted around this episode just kind of anecdotally off and on for a lot of months. And now I feel like thanks to Twitter and crazy, uh, passionate and toxic fandom and the overall public consciousness, I think our hand was forced. And the time is right for us to uh, venture into the polarizing waters that are Zack Snyder and Joss Whedon. Are you even like are you even ready for this? What, what is happening in your head right now? I you know, I'll uh, here's. Here's how I landed here on, okay, it's time to do this episode. Uh, my, my very good and dear friend Mason, uh, who you know, texted me the other day. Shout out, Mason! And he, he texted me a, a question about the Snyder Cut. And I thought to of myself... Of course he did. He saw it, I bet he saw it on his Twitter feed, and he said, I don't know what this is, but it seems nerdy enough that my buddy Jake would know. I'm going to shoot him a text. That, that's pretty much, you know, when Mason and I first became friends, we, we began what is uh, a really great friendship for me. Mason would, his party trick was to take me places and ask me really weird questions about things like Spider-Man or Transformers or whatever, and then just sit back and watch me go. And I, I know that that's a little bit, like, I, I'm sure he was sitting in a room of like 15 other PhD candidates and they were all like, wow, this guy, boy, if he put that brain power towards something useful, he could be here with us. Um, <laughs> and then Mason goes, yeah, and he's got kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's uh, – no, so that's kind of that, – I mean, really forced my hand is how I felt about it. In that moment, I said to myself, all right, this is entering the public consciousness. It's time that we address it. And And it really has, like – there's been this this weird, gosh, I mean, how, how would you explain it? Because I almost want to say conspiracy theory surrounding a supposed Snyder cut of Justice League for a long time. And uh, it suddenly really picked up even more steam with the addition of more stars into the conversation. Yeah, I I definitely think that this is... Like, if we were to build a time capsule for peak Twitter or, or peak internet fandom, this chapter would definitely belong in the time capsule. And the, and the 2017 to 2019, like, time frame would be a chapter called The Snyder Cut. And this is, this is really why we have Twitter and why we have the internet and why fans – feel empowered to share their voices in the way that they do. And I definitely don't mean that in a derogatory way, but like even with the craziness that surrounded the second Superman movie with um, Richard Donner and Christopher Reeve, that that wasn't nearly the polarizing degree that we have now. I, I think it's clear this does not happen without um, like 
peak social media, constantly connected access. This is straight out of Reddit and Twitter and those two mediums flexing their muscles. So it's both like, I don't know if conspiracy theory is the right term, but it, it feels maybe appropriate, but it's definitely, it's a sign of the times. We're in the middle of, maybe towards the tail end of, of peak comic book entertainment renaissance and peak interactivity with sharing your voice and finding your people online and peak outrage culture and peak demanding entitlement culture and peak I want people to understand me culture, all of those things and the nuances surrounding them. And it's like, here we are, man. This this is it. Like, It may have been a grassroots movement in any other time that just kind of fizzled out. But here – we have this thing that may be a rumor, maybe an existing thing. I don't know. And now it's gotten to a point now where A-list stars are tweeting about it. The filmmaker is starting to share more about it publicly. And um, networks like HBO and Warner Brothers are being pulled into this, and it seems to have a little bit of weight. And periodicals are writing about it. The Ringer did a whole big feature piece about the Snyder cut and, and the petition behind it and everything. So I guess all that to say this, Jake, does it get any more 2019 internet comic book era than the Snyder cut? Like, is that maybe one of the defining factors of what we call the zeitgeist? I think it very well could be because it's such a bizarre, and I'm not, I want to be really clear before we go on. I'd watch the thing. Like, I'm not saying it's a terrible idea. It's it's just there's like there's this insane subculture that has developed that is is almost like it's just this like holy crusade that people seem to be on to get a hold of this Snyder cut. And I, I kind of want to take a giant step back before we go any further and ask, do you think it exists even? Yeah. Clearly enough people think it does because what what was it? There were tens of thousands of dollars raised through the initial online petition for it. Oh yeah. For for the what was it, the airplane to fly by at San Diego Comic Con yes. with the signage that said release the Snyder Cut? Like people donated their hard earned money for that. Didn't they put um, up a billboard somewhere? D- does this exist? That Ironically, pointing out, I do want to jump in and say some fans, because we're going to talk a lot about the crazies out there. Some fans did use this as a fundraiser to donate some money in the name of Zack Snyder's daughter who passed away to an organization that deals with suicide prevention. And that that was was a really class move. That was really cool. Really cool. Um, I think part of what makes this conversation fascinating is that question that you asked which you think would ought to be a simple answer but it's (laughs) it's not a yes or no question can i say that like does the sniper sure yeah i'm not sure that that's the interesting question i think the interesting question is how complete or incomplete is the existing snyder cut thank you i don't I don't doubt that that Zack Snyder's got droves of footage that hasn't seen the light of day or that would be edited together to be very different than the pile of drivel that Joss Whedon gave us. But that doesn't necessarily mean that a movie that relies that heavily on CGI with that big of a budget and with him having to leave the filming 
in, in the manner that he did, in the timeliness that he did, that doesn't mean that the entire narrative is completely captured for a full cohesive vision, right? Well, and that's, I, I think my take on it, I, I don't, gosh, this is tricky because I like what I know of Jason Momoa and beyond that, he's a celebrity, so I don't truly know him. But I get the vibe that he didn't show having, up to your barbecue last weekend. Not this time, but he knows he's got the standing invite. Um, he has permission to come aboard. Momoa uh, and his hair flip. Go into your barbecue. <laughs> um, I, I feel like he he really kept this thing alive for a while. And it was just like a month, maybe two months ago, that he offhandedly mentioned to someone, oh, yeah, the Snyder Cut exists and I've seen it. And I, I took that as not proof that the Snyder Cut exists, but proof that Jason Momoa knows exactly what he's doing. And I don't know that I believe that there is in a vault somewhere under, under locked and like guards with the, the lasers and everything. I don't believe that there is a finished version of the Snyder cut sitting that you could pop into a Blu-ray player and watch what I do believe is that there's probably a document detailing what that would be and that, yeah, there's probably some unused footage. There's probably some raw footage that hasn't been edited. And Zack so Snyder like, has played think, with it a bit. Uh, yeah, and I think – and of course you've got, you've got the set stills, the, the photographs from set that could be from um, the Snyder Cut or could just be from the regular stuff that was in the movie. But I, it's – release the Snyder Cut is the – is the the fancy catchy Twitter hashtag, and it it both captures the the demand portion of it, but also the fandom of it. But really, what we're asking is not for them to release a finished Snyder cut. What we're saying is, grant Zack Snyder the time and money to finish a project cut. Like that's that's really what it is because I. Chances are, like you said, Jake, he doesn't have this dusty Blu-ray sitting in a vault and he's just waiting for the contractual agreement to be able to release <laughs> it to the wild. It's no somebody like HBO or Warner Brothers or, or another streaming service or another movie studio or somebody is going to have to say, OK, Zach, when you're done with your next film project, which he's in the middle of put, putting together right now, by the way. Um, when you're done with your next film project and you've got another six months free in your schedule, we'll give you another $10 million to finish your vision on your own timetable. Like that's really what we're asking for when we say release the Snyder cut, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I do. I think that that's the real request here is just like you said, it's give the man, it's give the man what he needs to finish the project. And yeah. I because I'll be honest, I, I, obviously I've said on multiple occasions, I'm a huge Superman fanboy. I love the DCEU. I'm all there. I would go see this movie, but I'm going to be completely honest. If this movie got a cinematic release, I don't want to go pay twelve fifty three for a movie that's incomplete. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I, I, I would rather, if they're going to go the full route and do the whole dog and pony show, give him the time and money and space to finish the thing. Um, can I tell you my depressing story about this movie? Please. I can't remember if I have um, put this on our podcast before. This is episode, I think, 77 for us. Woot woot. And so yes. we've, we, we've put an awful lot of our random ramblings out on the interwaves, and I just can't remember everything that I hit record on. So if I've repeated this, repeated lis uh, regular listeners, forgive me, or you can just make fun of me for being dumb and doing this anyway. 
So Justice League came out in um, November of 2017, right around my birthday. And um, I, I, I've never really made a big deal out of my birthday. I don't really do celebrations or parties or anything. I typically just get together with my small family and just kind of do something kind of nice and call it good. It's never been a big deal. But this was my 30th birthday. And I was really excited about this movie. I knew, obviously, that Zack Snyder didn't finish the thing. Everyone knows how I feel about Joss Whedon. But still, Justice League movie with Superman up on the big screen. I'm excited. So I rented out the movie theater in the small town of which I live. And that was a few hundred dollars. And invited a dozen of my closest friends. And we had a private screening of the Justice League movie to celebrate my 30th birthday. And... It was really cool, like in concept, to be all like, yes, we own this movie theater for the day. I've got just the people I want to be with me to go see a movie that I'm interested in. And it's going to be really, really cool. And when the movie was all done, there was just like this this thin layer of awkwardness hanging (laughs) in the room because it was like everyone was happy to be there. We got to hang out. It was a cool, exclusive thing. But then at the same time, it was like you could feel and almost hear that everyone was thinking the same thing. Holy shit, that movie was bad, but we're here for Mitch's birthday. What do we say? (laughs) (laughs) So it's like now that's that's the baggage that I carry. I was like, that's how I chose to spend my 30th birthday was being disappointed by Joss Whedon again. I'm sorry. I just... <laughs> it sounds rough, man. Yeah. I mean, it was fun. Don't get me wrong. And yeah, of course I own the movie and it's in my large movie catalog because I'm dumb and I'm a fan. But it's one of those things where, I don't know, maybe we can pivot to our first question, Jake, as we talked about in our production meeting. We had three big questions we wanted to address. I think about the concept of what would the Snyder cut mean to just the two of us on a micro level of our own personal fandoms? And I keep coming back to the movie Batman versus Superman where that movie was polarizing as well, but has a much stronger and, and numerous fan base standing for it. Like there's a lot of people that say, you know what? This movie is good. And even more people saying the extended edition on Blu-ray is phenomenal. I understand all the reasons why people would say it's not a great movie or why people would say that they didn't care much for it. I get that. But most people can at least agree to disagree and say, I understand why people are big fans of it. And the people that have watched the ultimate edition version of it extended, they they can see that that movie really did have chops. And it's almost like justice league is, is trying to, to get to that level, right? We're like, Everyone that wanted the movie to be good can't even admit the fact that the movie was good. And so now they're just trying really hard to at least get it to BVS standards of like, well, at least the Snyder Cut can maybe get us to the point where BVS got us, which was all the people that didn't like it could at least concede to the reasons why we liked it. And that was okay. Does that make sense? I think that's a really I think you just solved the problem for me. And that problem was how to address what it would do for the quality because we talked just a couple weeks ago with Dennis about, I, I just couldn't get into Batman versus Superman. But I think that you just said really well that what a Snyder cut could do 
is bring the quality of Justice League up to the quality of Batman versus Superman. And therein, you've at least got a healthy debate to have. Exactly. Um, and that's that's me trying to be realistic. Like, yeah. pie, pie in the sky, I would love for Justice League to reach, like, Wonder Woman standards. But I, realistically speaking, I don't know if that's actually a thing. And I know that there are a lot of fans in some corners of the Internet that are fully – prepared to die on the hill that said this is Zack Snyder's magnum opus and no one's ever going to get to see it like I get that but I I'm just sitting here thinking realistically if we could just get it to the BVS level I think that would help bring a a lot of peace into the arena I no, and I I think that's exactly right and the other thing that I think on this is part of what I was mulling over is that you know I think we need to temper our expectations a little bit because if this not because here's the thing, ultimately what this is is a a mishmash of two very different directors' visions for the same film, and it's not even like each one like halfway through, Joss Whedon comes in, and at the very least a Snyder cut would provide a more cohesive vision. But the thing about being realistic is at the end of the day, you've still got a justice league movie that thought Steppenwolf was a better villain than dark side. So I was going to mention that if you didn't, I was like, (laughs) I think the big elephant in the room is I completely agree. Tonally, at least the movie would be consistent, but we still can't get past the glaring problem that is Steppenwolf. Like you can't, you can't take it seriously. You just can't, can you? No, and I just don't get it. I know we've talked about this, and maybe that's the the maybe this episode is doomed to be us retelling things. But gosh, why would you have the best villain in comics and not use him? I just even if it was just at the end, but man, why, why did we not put Darkseid in that movie on some level? That that is what people like to say beyond me. I I, I, I cannot. <laughs> it, it it was right there, man. The, the winning the golden ticket was right there. That's it. Like I don't I don't have anything else to offer on that line. <laughs> yeah. Um, I. So you, you, you tell me, Jake, as because we all know how I feel about the Superman movies, and we know that y- you're not hard on Zack Snyder, but I am much more of an avid apologist for him than you are as well. So you, you tell me, if the Snyder Cut was released after he was given the time and space and resources to finish the thing in the best way that he could— given all the circumstances, what what does the Snyder Cut mean for you other than, yeah, you're going to watch it? I think that for me, uh, you know, what happened what happened with Batman versus Superman is bigger than movies, or not Batman versus Superman, Justice League, is bigger than movies. And what it is is a tragedy hit uh, a family. And Zack Snyder did what, to me, and everybody grieves in their own way, but he did to me what seemed like the only logical thing, and that was duck and cover to just regroup. One hundred percent. I don't. I don't think there's anybody with a pulse that would disagree with that, right? Like, yeah. It, he, his family, without getting too dark, like we, 
his family went through something absolutely devastating and, and, and inherently final. And there are not words to capture that. So what else do you do other than you go and you grieve? Yeah. And, and I, I think that, I think that that was good on him for being able to do that. And, and frankly, I may never say this ever again, but good on the studio for providing him with that and not making an issue where there didn't need to be one. Um, the thing is that that movie was never going to be delayed, you know? I mean, maybe you could argue maybe the movie should have been, but they were going to get that movie out when they were going to get it out, and that's where Joss Whedon comes in to to wrap things up. To me, what a Snyder Cut would mean would be an opportunity for Zack Snyder, love or hate his take on the DCEU, he, he put his time and energy into it, and he tried to craft something that, uh, that to him was clearly the vision he had. He tried to be creative with a franchise that's literally 100 years old. And I, I think that he – it would be really encouraging to me, I guess, is the best word, to see him get to finish that in his own way and come in – and put together, this was my vision for it. And we might even get a clearer idea of where it was headed before the plug was pulled on the DCEU. We might get a little bit of an idea of what Darkseid's role would have been in the future. Um, I, but I think that to me, that would be the biggest thing, would be getting, getting to see a cohesive vision for the whole DCEU during the Snyder era. Um, even though I think I've been, I know I've been more critical of it than you. And, um, I think that's good. I think one of us has to be a nice guy. And, um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I just, I think that for me, it would be great to see that vision and to be able to dialogue with it. Even if the dialogue is for me to say, it's not for me, that's okay. We can respectfully disagree, Zack Snyder and I, on what should go into a Justice League movie. But I guess I just don't feel like I've seen his Justice League movie. Yeah. Well, there it is. That's the thesis statement. I don't think like we've seen his Justice League movie. That's it right there because we, we certainly haven't. I mean, e even I, – I remember at my infamous 30th birthday party screening of this movie, I had a couple of friends that were there that are really good friends of mine who don't give two craps about comic book movies, don't keep up with it, and don't even really go to the movies – that much to begin with, period, right? So like these are people that are really, really cool. They're good hangs, but they're not going to be able to, to dive into the types of conversations you and I have about this. And even afterwards, they were able to see like that movie felt really disjointed. When, when barely casual moviegoers and non-fandom subscribers watch that movie sight unseen, not knowing much about it, and can see the glaring difference in, in tone and approach and structure, like that is what we like to call a glaring imperfection. And how does that not compromise the entire movie? I think that's a really good point. I mean, and that's a thing that I hadn't even given enough thought to yet. It, yeah, if the casual, because man, I, I feel dumb for having not thought of it now. I mean, that's the whole thing. That's what we're living in right now is that casual fans exist. And we live in a world where 
there's so like people know who who Carol Danvers is and <laughs> right, which is Doctor awesome, Strange. <laughs> by the way, like I love that Carol Danvers. Oh yeah, Danvers is now like in the more public consciousness because she's amazing. But it's also just like crazy to think about how far we've come, right? Yeah, I mean, there's there's people at my work arguing about whether Luke Cage or T'Challa would win in a fight, and I'm just kind of staring at them like, God. You guys, I've invested so much time in all this, and you think you're going to solve this in the next 30 minutes? Come on. Um, <laughs> like, but guys, I, uh, doing this for literally 34 years. You got a little right. bit. That's exactly right. Um, but that's such a good point. If those casual fans who aren't bringing in the 34 years of baggage that I am are able to look at it and say, I'm not real sure, because as much as we love these these films, as, as complex as a few of them can get, at the end of the day, I mean, you're not going into the Justice League film confused about what you're getting, you know? Yeah. Um, you, you, you know you're going to get Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, and you know they're going to do stuff. Like, <laughs> you're right. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, that's a really good question. That's a really good point. Man, if casual fans are having that response, then maybe there is something to be said for the need for a more cohesive vision. Okay, so I think that pivots to the second pillar that we wanted to hit on here. So if the Snyder Cut is released and it's it's finished, it's polished, it's, it's what Zack Snyder wants, um, what does that mean for um, the zeitgeist or just pop culture and the, the comic book movie entertainment arena? Because... Let, let, me, let me set the stage with one piece and you tell me what you think. Um, I don't think comic book movie mania or comic book entertainment mania is going away, but we're definitely not at its peak. I don't know if we're going down and we're going to and we're kind of done with the roller coaster and the roller coaster is ending or we simply have come down from a peak and we are making our way up to another peak. But we definitely would say like that spot from 2016, 2017, maybe 2018 was probably where the momentum was at its biggest between TV and movies and 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 the frequency of which they were being released and how much people were talking about it and writing about it online and all that. Right. We've slowed down quite a bit even since Endgame, and next year looks to be a little bit slow as well. So does, as far as the zeitgeist is concerned, does releasing the Snyder Cut do much to influence the needle moving of the zeitgeist, or does it really just mean something to the passionate fans? I think I think that second one, um, and I pondered before we came in, and I, I, I got to be real with you, I wanted to give a different answer, but I think that the the outcry for the Snyder Cut exists in an it's it's very easy to forget because the internet is so big and encompasses so many people and so many perspectives. It's very easy to forget that it is not speaking for everyone when it speaks and. Mm. I think that mm. Prophet Jake, everybody, and, and we see this play out in, you know, you've got the echo chamber, right? You've got so many things. We see this play out in politics and pop culture, and it's so easy to open Twitter and be like, either, holy crap, everyone agrees with me, or dear God, am I the only person left that remembers guitars and music? And <laughs> it's really, 
it's really easy to just get sucked down into this rabbit hole of either confirmation bias or of, oh my gosh, I'm the only one left. And, and I think that the Snyder Cut exists in one of those echo, echo chambers where it's the same five people shouting about it all the time. And the rest of us are just kind of watching from the outside like, huh, Snyder Cut, that's interesting. And I, I think that if it were made, because you touched on something I wanted to say here. I, I think that you could make a really strong case that the, can we call it a failure? Can we say Justice League failed on some level? Is that safe? Oh, man, I... Okay, I, I, I get what you're asking. I'm just I'm worried yeah. that I'm I'm worried that failure is too harsh of a word. I, given, I know. Giving giving the circumstances of why Snyder left the project, but for the sake of the the cohesiveness of the movie, its box office performance or lack thereof, and um, overall general reception of both the fans and the critics, yes, that movie failed to meet expectations in just about every conceivable way. And I think that's my thing is I think a lot of it has to do with I'm even going to just stick to the box office here. Right. And I'm I'm frantically trying to find data for this point I'm trying to make. But OK, here we go. So um, the budget was estimated to be three hundred million dollars on this film. Gross U.S. was two hundred twenty nine million. Um, you know, and I know that there's an international market out there that kind of redeems those things, but also that budget I don't think includes advertising. Um, well, and the other thing is, is like you think about Black Panther, Captain Marvel, and uh, both of the last two Avengers movies all made over a billion dollars. Exactly, and and that's just it. And, so, and even taking the worldwide gross for Justice League, it's still barely cracked half a you know half a billion. That's and that's, that's a that's a glaring gap between the two and that's the thing is you've also got big picture in in pop culture you've got a brand recognition with batman and superman that you didn't have 10 15 years ago with any of the avengers so all of that taken into account i think that let's stick to the box office because i don't want to go down the rabbit hole of criticizing an incomplete film but just taking the box office failure of Justice League, I think that you could make the case that that is where Hollywood finally woke up to the reality that you don't just throw six characters from different movies into one movie and create a franchise. And I think that it's still got to be a it's still got to be a film, whether it's exactly it's pure popcorn or it's art house. It doesn't matter. It still needs to be a complete film. You can't just have formula. Well, because like four years ago, I'm reading this crap about and, and I, I actually to be clear, I'll go ahead and piss the whole Internet off tonight. I actually kind of liked the new Ghostbusters movie. So take that. Um, oh, the the one with Kristen Wiig and the whole gang. Yeah. Though that it's movie not, was great. Yeah, it's awesome. not as good as the original, but what is? You're talking you're about not, a perfect comedy. You're not, you you're not making you're not making the internet mad, Jake. You're making a very small group of white dudes mad, and I think you can live <laughs> with that. So, but I think you know, but they were talking about when that movie was coming out. There's all this. We want to make this connected Ghostbusters universe, and I was like, dear God, has it come to this? And now we've got. I, I think Justice League and the 
whatever's going on with the DCEU was kind of the final wake-up call where suddenly Hollywood is like, oh, oh, you actually have to write something and earn your audiences. Oh, that took 15 years at Marvel. Oh. And so I say all of that to come back around to your question about Zeitgeist and to say, I don't know that at this point, you know, what two, if it came out tomorrow, it would be almost two years after the release. No, it'd be over two years after the release of Justice League. I don't think that two years later, you can change that. And I think that the zeitgeist is where it is in relation to Justice League. And while maybe you could resonate with some fans and maybe down the road, you can redeem the film the way like Blade Runner's director's cut did. Um, you're not going to reach a point where suddenly everybody is like, pump the brakes, hold up. This movie is great, and we need to get everybody back together for Justice League 2. Mm. And and that that's the thing, is I, I think for, for the passionate, dedicated fans, the ones who have signed online petitions, who interact with the hashtag, and have even donated money to the respective causes, those are the ones that just their fulfillment is in seeing the finished Zack Snyder product. When we talk about the zeitgeist, that touches pop culture influence. That touches people that are comic book fans, but maybe not DCEU fans. That touches casual fans. That touches people that aren't fans. It touches a lot of things, right? And and at that point, we have to ask, what's the end game? And I, I think it's possible at the risk of making everyone on Twitter mad. It's possible <laughs> that there just is no like attractive or meaningful end game for people that are not deeply committed to the cause. Now that doesn't mean that granting Zack Snyder the time and space and resources to finish the movie isn't a worthy and admirable thing. It just means that He's not finishing Avengers Endgame. He's finishing a niche thing for some niche folks. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Okay, so now that we've sufficiently made a lot of people mad, let's <laughs> let's go ahead and, and jump to our third pillar here. Jake, if and when this happens, I'm a little bit of a pessimist. <laughs> I'm... Part of me thinks it's cool, but part of me is a little bit worried. I don't want to get all doom and gloom, but what do you think? If this happens, what does this mean for the future of um, internet demanding outrage movement building and fandom, especially toxic fandom? Does Surely the, the Snyder Cut being released is a massive victory for both the people that are hateful about people that are against the Snyder Cut and people that are handling it well. Like, I don't know. It, it almost feels like a tipping point when it comes to the concept of just how we interact on the internet and, and how we handle our fandom. Or am I putting too many eggs in that basket? Am I too paranoid? I don't know, because I think... I don't know. It's... It is so hard to predict what what we we're not the first to label, but you and I always call them the toxic fandom. It's so hard to predict what's going to happen with those guys, you know, because it's it's such a strange. I don't know. Like I, 
I'm a jerk. I get it. But also, like, I don't understand being, like, that kind of person who thinks that what the world needs is for me to scream angry and hateful things on Twitter, you know? And it's tough for me to get into that headspace and see what's going to uh, what's going to happen there. My fear is like my fear is that this will be if you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. And my like I'm not saying this is a reason to not release the Snyder Cut. My fear is that if it comes out suddenly, it's like you know, oh, that's it. We did it. We got that. Now let's get started on all this. Let's get all those women out of the Marvel comics. And I, I just, you know, I don't know. I worry about this. And or I, maybe, I don't, maybe uh, we should, ch- maybe I should have phrased it better too. Maybe I should change my attitude. Is it possible that this maybe helps transform um, the toxicity around fandom and and the people that have been passionate about this project for the right reasons see this as a moral oh. victory. Uh, no, I, I I'm changing it. Like my first question was pessimistic, and now I'm changing it. Do we do we see an avenue then of this maybe having the opposite effect instead of empowering the toxic fandom? What if is is there a reality where we could see this turn into more of a victory lap, and 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 it actually helps the the circles of internet comic book fandom movie twitter i don't know like i i don't want to be doom and gloom is is there positive is there negative i don't know i think there's always i mean maybe the lesson of the internet is that there's always both and you're going to find what you look for and i I mean sometimes i wonder has the internet really changed anything or has it just brought visibility to crap that was always there Mm. and and i wonder like Oh man, there's a lot to unpack there. That concept of remember, remember in the nineties when politics and, and people in the public sector were all like, the internet's going to be this great big education unifier and people are going (laughs) to learn things. And really what it did was, is it just cat videos and porn. Yeah. And it amplified the prejudices that were already prevalent and then helped those people find more people like them. (laughs) I mean, and that's just, so I'm not, I'm not saying that because there is, man, I am going down some rabbit holes here. Um, the internet has done good and bad. I'm going to stop there and say that. But I guess for me, um, man, that's such a big question. If it came out, I think that there would be positive and negative. And I think that there are people out there that if it never comes out, we'll go, we'll see, you know, the world is bad and everything is bad and on and on. And there are other people that if it comes out, they're going to say, hey, look at that. We got something good. I, I don't know, man. I'm rambling at this point. Well, I think what what I want to hope for is for like the, 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 the guys that run the comic book debate website. They do such a wonderful job of championing their corner of release, the Snyder Cut. Um, go, go check out comic book debate and um, – See, see what they're up to. They've been interviewed in a lot of different capacities for their work on it, and um, they feature it on their website and on their pieces. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to get the, the brothers' names right. The Faruqi brothers, I probably butchered that. I apologize, guys. Um, the Faruqi brothers, they are the good example of championing the Snyder Cut. They've said on multiple occasions that they really want to 
as fans, they want to see a full cohesive vision. They want to see the movie that they were promised, but they're not toxic about it. But the other piece about it is, too, is they're very sensitive and attuned to the concept of if Zack Snyder feels a desire to want to complete this project that has so much complicated emotion for him. I think there are a lot more fans that are interested in seeing that as a victory lap as well as getting the gratification of their movie. And I think those people far more outnumber the the toxic fans that are just really, really loud. At least I hope. And so I know that there are a lot of corners of the internet surrounding the release of the Snyder Cut hashtag where there are a lot of people saying those types of things. And I hope that is the energy that prevails throughout this whole part process, especially if the movie does end up getting released. It's a concept of Zach feels incomplete he wants to finish this for so many cathartic reasons, and he deserves the time and space to be able to do that, and he loves his fans enough to try to deliver that. If that is the takeaway, then even if the movie is still mediocre, I don't think it matters. It could still have a positive influence while still not necessarily being the big zeitgeist controller that they had envisioned it being when they contracted this movie five years ago. I think that's a good take. I think that you've given me some uh, some hope for the future there. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Trying to end on a positive note, but um, it's it's a thing. And like you said, Jake, like there are people in our lives, especially the last couple of weeks, that have started to come out of the woodwork that have no business interacting in the comic book entertainment world because they're not interested in that. And now they're asking about the Snyder Cut. The reality is momentum is building. And like it or not, the way we interact on the Internet, it's it's making a splash and and people outside of the really niche circles are starting to see it. And so here we are. It's it's a conversation piece. That's how we got here. That's how we got here, man. The Snyder Cut. So what do you think? Does it get released? I think yes, because I think in the end, whether it is released on some kind of streaming service or. I, I don't know. I think that ultimately there's money to be made and I have never, ever, never known a studio to miss out on money to be made when intentionally, you know? Mm-hmm. So HBO streaming service just got um, here recently a bunch of the Warner Brothers properties to be able to stream and explore and do original programming for. So if it went straight to streaming or even if it ended up on a streaming platform, regardless, if it went to the cinemas first, I, I, I think it's probably with the limited information we have safe to assume that HBO is the landing spot for the as far as the streaming rights is concerned, which would be huge for HBO. Like it's not, they're not desperate for prestige TV programming. They've got they've got a stronghold on that, but they're their specific streaming service isn't going to be getting the attention that Netflix and Disney plus is. And if this helps bring, you know, not necessarily a slew, but a noticeable amount of new subscribers to it, that's, that's kind of a big deal. And that's an HBO's big, it's in HBO's interest, right? Yeah, I, I think it is. And I think that it's, you know I mean? Especially when I guess, ask yourself, who's the, who is, HBO going up against, you know, and I think you could make the case that Netflix and Hulu are kind of already here to stay, but maybe this Disney thing is our competitor. Maybe it's, 
CBS that is determined to make six more Star Trek series. And, you know, I mean, maybe they're looking at those as their their competitors. And in which case, that that sort of passion project niche thing that it still has the wide appeal of the comic book market, the Snyder Cut could be a really big deal to kind of grant some legitimacy to that. At least in, you know, like you said, HBO doesn't need legitimacy, but in relation to the other services they'd be going up against. 100%. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I'm more fascinated by the concept of if and when the Snyder Cut gets released, do they think it's going to have enough legs and momentum to merit a cinematic release? I'm really interested to see what that what that looks like. Because if the Snyder Cut gets released, best case scenario comes out a year from now, realistically longer than that. And um, if that's the case, like, so we would be three to three and a half or even four years removed from the original and the original, you know, wasn't the box office success that they wanted. Are they going to roll the dice enough to say, yeah, we'll roll this out into theaters on a wide release or just drop it up into streaming? I'm going to be really interested to see where, where that conversation ends up. Yeah, I think that's a really good take on it. Man, Snyder Cut Jake. There is no shortage of takes. <laughs> nope, and we just added one more. We sure did. So there you have it, Internet. We've done our job. Thank you so much for jumping on board with the Watching Comics Podcast. We are so glad to have you on as listeners. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, whatever. I know that we're all over the place, so give us some stars and some words. We would greatly appreciate it. It would help some other people find us as well, which would be kind of cool. And as always, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what we got wrong, what we got right, all that fun stuff. We are at Watch Comics Pod. That's comics with an X at Watch Comics Pod on Twitter. Let us know what you think about hashtag release this Snyder Cut because Lord knows people have thoughts. And of course, shout out to the Geek Dad Podcast Network. It's a lovely home. We love you there. We will be coming at you next week with some more awesome stuff. We'll see you then. This podcast has been a production of the Geek Dad Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this content, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash geekdad.